All right, hello everyone, and welcome back to Net Sticks and Chill for another week. Uh, a little bit of an earlier episode this time around because we have our, our under twenties Australian national team world's preview to get to this week. But before we get to that, we need to talk about the topic that is fresh on everyone's lips, and that is who are the Toronto Maple Leafs going to trade for at the trade deadline to avoid a first round exit with their two dollars and forty five cents in cap space, Gordon. Uh, I don't know. Uh, all, all I know is that if you think about the most hilariously painful outcome and then double it, that will usually be the outcome that, that we get as Leafs fans. So it will be uh, another hilarious kind of exit under different circumstances that will have the element of surprise, but the same bitter taste of failure and disappointment. <laughs> oh, you poor, poor thing. Uh, no, what we're actually here to talk about is, uh, as I said, we're here to talk about the under-20s, um, but we're also going to give a very brief wrap-up of the um, of the U18s Women's Worlds that are going on right now uh, at the time of recording. Um, and by the time you listen to this, Australia may or may not have played their third game against Mexico, as we are currently recording on the 24th in the morning, and they... Uh, we'll be playing on the 25th at 3.30 our time, uh, 4.30 local time. So by the time this comes out or by the time you listen to it, they may or may not have played. But so we're not, we're not ignoring the third game. It's just it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> um, started off the tournament with a 3-1 win over Turkey and then a 4-0 win over the Netherlands. Uh, yeah, so Australia sits top of the group with six points in... Uh, in second place, it's Latvia, one win, one overtime win in five points. Netherlands, uh, one win uh, with three points. And then Turkey, Great Britain, and Mexico, uh, all of them without a win yet. Um, oh, sorry, no, I apologize. Turkey has an overtime win. Um, and they're sitting on two points. Great Britain and Mexico tied in the relegation zone um, with one point apiece. Uh, because of overtime losses, but Mexico sitting just below Great Britain with a worse goal differential at minus six. Um, for you, Gordon, what has been the shock of the opening uh, two days of the tournament? Well, the shock for me has been Great Britain. They they were the silver medalists at last year's tournament, losing out to Spain, who were, of course, promoted to Division 1B. And... Great Britain, they were leading their uh, opening match, uh, a, a tough, tricky matchup against the Netherlands. They're winning 1-0 with, um, you know, a couple of minutes to, to go in the third period. Netherlands tied it up, uh, went on to to win. Um, so they didn't even get a point uh, from, from, that, uh, from that game. And then, of course, um, the second game against Latvia was was just bonkers, that those final few minutes. Latvia were up 1-0. Uh, Great Britain equalised in the final within the, the last two and a half minutes or so. And then Latvia went ahead again on a power play with a power play goal. And Great Britain equalised with about five seconds left. Uh, and then, um, you know, uh, Latvia uh, won in the penalty shootout. Just the single goal uh, scored there by their superstar, uh, Linda Linda Roulet or, or Rule. Uh, absolute talent. Um, so, 
you know, Great Britain, I, I, I would have expected at this stage for them to, to have had two wins. I would have expected that last match between Australia and Great Britain to to kind of be to determine who the gold medalist is, but but that's uh, no longer looking uh, like the case. Uh, what's what stood out for you or surprised you? I think what's stood out for me is just I I'd say yeah, it's probably just the way the results have turned out. Like I think we all expected Australia to win their opening two games, I think the manner in which Australia has done it has been, has probably, I'd say, been surprising. Like, neither of these games have been particularly close. Um, I know that we haven't had a chance to watch the games yet, and that's its own separate issue entirely that we'll get into post-tournament in our Women's World's U18s wrap next week. Um like I've only been able to watch little bits and pieces and little highlights here and there, but like I think just the manner in which just the way these results are playing out, like you know you've got a six-one win for Latvia, and then you know they've got to take Great Britain to a shootout, and same with like the Turkey Mexico game, like you know Mexico took Turkey to a shootout after getting blown out by Latvia, like it's just the unpredictable nature which is I I think shocked me so far, and obviously. You know, there's a bunch of games coming up uh, tomorrow at the time of recording, and they're going to have a massive impact into the way this tournament plays out. And I reckon that I know, like, as you said at the start of the tournament, we were all looking at this idea of it's going to be Great Britain and Australia, and that's going to be the, um, you know, that's going to be who decides who gets promoted, who gets the gold medal. But I think it's actually going to come the day before now, and it's going to be that Australia versus Latvia game. And I think that's going to have a very... That's going to basically be the gold medal game, essentially, even though it's, you know, the fifth last game of the entire tournament just because of the way those two teams have performed. And I I think I've done the math right. I think Australia can seal top spot with that, with that win against Latvia um, as long as as long as Australia beats Mexico. So that's, you know, there's a chance for Australia to have this thing sealed up with a game to go. And I, I can only imagine that would have good vibes inside the camp. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think um, I, I was surprised by Australia's win of, against the Netherlands just because last tournament, that bronze medal game, uh, Olivia last uh, really saved our bacon. Um, and I know that the team was excellent, played, uh, you know, good, solid defense, but but the Netherlands heavily outshot us in in, in that bronze medal game. And, and Australia got the, the 2-1 victory, you know. Um, so I was expecting a bit more of a closer contest and especially seeing the Netherlands defeat Great Britain in the first game, you know, uh, with Emily Oosthorn, um, you know, playing so well. I thought this is going to be, this is a dangerous team. And to see us, you know, because we started, we struggled against Turkey. And and Turkey, no, you know, all respect to Turkey, but Turkey will be finishing, should be, when you look at the team, should be finishing in that bottom two or three teams in the group. You know, Tur Turkey and Mexico, um, just my opinion, um, not an expert, but that was just how I, I saw things unfold. So to see Australia squeak out, you know, it was a one-all game. They fell behind in the first period, quickly equalized, but it was a one-all game until, like, middle midway through the third period 
they finally got the girl head goal and then an empty netter. Um, uh, Tamara Jones was not happy about the, the team's shot execution. Uh, we had 94 shots generated, but only 43 uh, on, on net. So, so she knew that things had to improve. And boy, did they ever improve against the Netherlands. We went ahead early and we went ahead 3-0. We were up 3-0 by the end of the first period. It was like a completely different team. So I I am now, I went from kind of cautiously optimistic to top of the moon. I can see my eyes are reflecting gold. Um, but yeah, that's that's going to be a tricky match against Latvia. Um, just because, you know, L Linda uh, Roulet is just a, an outstanding player. She troubled us the last tournament, but we managed to, to shut her down and she scored the the sole goal in a in a two to one two to one win for Australia, but yeah, it's uh, this tournament is so unpredictable. Yeah, and I think because like, uh, while you were doing that, I was just looking over the lineups between the two games um, for the Australian and the Netherlands, and I don't know, I obviously don't know the reasons, but it looks like it was a vastly different lineup. Um, for the Netherlands between both those games. Now that could be injury, that could be aging out of you know, of the group. I'm not entirely sure, but it looks like it was two different, you know, like like the, I think the core was still there, but it was a lot of players that weren't there last year that were there this year. And so I think that might have had something to do with that a little bit. But regardless, it's still absolutely fascinating to to, to see the differences between the two games and just look at you know, look at how much better Australia performed. And as you mentioned, between the game against Turkey and then the games in the Netherlands, like just the changes in performances and it showed on the ice. Uh, but as I mentioned, we will have a full wrap-up of the tournament next week on the podcast. Uh, but for now, we're going to transition to our chat with Dave Ruck and Gordon and Andrew caught up with him earlier this week. And welcome back to Netsticks and Shul. Uh, I'm back with uh, Andrew McDougall, my co-host, and we have a special guest uh, here with us uh, this evening as we're recording on uh, Monday night. Uh, Dave Ruck, the head coach of the men's under-20, uh, Australian men's under-20 team. Welcome to the podcast, Dave. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, wh whereabouts are you uh, joining us from? Do you want to tell us where whereabouts you are and uh, what, what's your, what you're doing over there? Yeah, so we're here for the uh, Division Three World Championships in Istanbul in Turkey. Yeah, excellent. When when did the team arrive in um, in Turkey? Yeah, so we arrived a couple of days ago, and um, basically flew in from all different cities and uh, kind of met up in uh, Doha, and then the team basically arrived um, as a team. And uh, a few of the guys who came from other places in North America, they uh, they all kind of got there at about the same time. So, so we pretty much were able to arrive as a team, and um, yeah, then get straight to bed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we you know we end up getting in around ten o'clock at night. And... Um, and, and do you have some time before the, the tournament for some uh, either exhibition games planned uh, before the tournament starts on Thursday? Yeah, so we've we've basically got four days of preparation here in Istanbul. And um, we do have an exhibition game arranged for tomorrow against the New Zealand team. 
So that'll be a good opportunity for us just to have a bit of a bit of a go. Um, just roll through the lines and um, like I say, see what happens with power play, PK, hopefully get a little bit of opportunity with that as well. And um, and yeah, just to get the get the guys uh, just used to style of the bench management and the routines of um, line changes and things like that. Uh does does playing New Zealand? Uh, I, I know it's 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 an exhibition game uh, because New Zealand, I, I believe, is your second opponent in in the tournament. Does does playing them in, in an exhibition game um, like give you uh, something to work with, or is it just a, a sense of oh, it's just a scrimmage and uh, there's not a lot to take out of it? Or what's what's your view? Um, well, realistically, we're really just working on the things that we can do well. And we want to have our own game management for what we need to do. So um, what I'm really going to be looking at is more the attributes of the guys. You know, we want to really get our ha good habits out there. Just simple hockey things, but sometimes players just, um, you know, if they get under pressure, uh, new environment, want to impress the coach, uh, you know, just things they can forget. So, you know, head manning to guys in better position, always making sure you're on the D side, supporting players. Uh, if you miss the puck, you've got to make sure you secure the body. Don't give the guy just a straight straight line to the net, back checking between the dots. Um, and the one that I hate is where they back check as hard as they can, they get to the blue line and then they stop skating and coast in. So it's those little things that you can get away with in local league and, and, and that um that you can't get away with here because you know you make one mistake or two guys make two small mistakes and that's it it's a goal scored on so so that's more what i'm looking for really uh establishing and reinforcing and making those those kind of habits inherent and you the first phase of the tournament um uh, your group together with um with Bosnia and Herzegovina, Kyrgyzstan, and uh, New Zealand. I believe you, you play uh, Kyrgyzstan in, in the first game of the tournament, which is Thursday, 6 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Uh, I believe from memory, you, you beat Kyrgyzstan in the last tournament 5-1, to one, but it, Kyrgyzstan were a pretty physical pretty physical team and made things tough for a lot of like higher-ranked higher, higher ranked kind of teams in the tournament. Uh, are you kind of expecting similar from, from them this time around? Yeah, I'm actually expecting a better uh, compete level from them and from Bosnia as well. I think both those teams, they really, really improved as the tournament went on. And we were a little bit unlucky in that we caught those teams very early and we, we didn't get the challenge that we needed to, you know, to make us battle hardened. And, um, and then, like I said, when the game is on and the pressure is on and, you know, the player's got to manage the game, um, you can do heaps of stuff in practice. Um, you know, you can run, you know, possession entries. You can run, you know, a four-check entry. So you can do different things like that. But when when the pressure is on and they got to make those decisions and, and adapt, um, you know, all the preparation in the world doesn't, it, it, it just doesn't do the same as they can get if they're in a tough game and they got to get through a tough game. And 
unfortunately, um, yeah, we met those teams early and we were able to capitalize on their mistakes and they got better as it went. And then we didn't get challenged until the semifinals. And, and when we had to make those in-game adaptations on the fly, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I just didn't feel that uh, as a team, we were able to do that. And so really, really trying to work on the mental aspect. And like I said, I really do hope that those teams, you know, uh, Kyrgyzstan and Bosnia really give us a real hard run and make us earn it. That was, that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you because you've been involved um, with the under-20s for a few campaigns now and there's returning players from 2022. Um, have you seen a different mindset in, in terms of preparation and, and coming into this 2023 um, World Champs and how they're sort of getting themselves ready? Have you seen a difference um, from the players? Yeah, definitely. Um, so last year when we went in, we had... Um, we basically had no tournaments due to COVID and then no 28, no uh, U18. So it was sort of like trying to establish everything from the start. And um, the other sort of challenge we had was, um, look, Mexico was great. The Federation was great. The, the rink people were really awesome. Unfortunately, they were kind of building the ice rink around us as we were like, at playing honestly and um like i said they did an amazing job but it, it just made for so with guys not having that that uh championship experience some of the little things that you know we we do to bring you know just to to set the routines right get the mindset right you know we've got a dressing room there's just like no space in the arena you know so we're you know so we're sitting on top of each other, literally crammed in, and there's just no no space to 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 do it stuff. No, and you know, even in the hotels, you know, we didn't have like like here in Istanbul, we got an excellent seminar room, so we can do the off ice stuff very well, you know. And when the guys are tired and things like that, those little things where they're sitting in a chair, they're sitting upright, they you know, it's it's the environment, it helps. Where, you know, when we're trying to do, um, you know, we're trying to do any kind of video stuff or do any presentations, we're all jammed into a tiny uh, hotel room. Everybody's sitting on top of each other. It just, without the experience of going away before and then trying to add those things, it, it, it did make it more of a challenge. And again, like I say, when you're talking about getting them, their mindset right for, for, you know, we've had three easy games. Now we've got a tough game. This means something. It's just those little 1% things all over the place that can make such a big difference. So so definitely coming from that experience to this experience, those guys, you can just tell when they're on the ice. They play with confidence. Um, the new guys, you can see, they're like forcing passes, forcing the puck. You can just see their body language. They're a bit unsure about things, systems and that, whereas the guys who came before know the system, so they're just into it and they're going hard. So, um, yeah, it will definitely help. So everything that's set up this year, from, uh, you know, just a rink perspective, uh, logistics perspective, and having those guys who played last year, you can definitely, it feel, it just feels like we're into uh, tournament mode a lot quicker. 
And some of those some of those players um, that people actually might not know of if you if you're not following the local sort of junior competitions closely here in Australia. Um, can you tell us a bit about um, Dmitry um, um, Kulisov, um, Maxim Lyashenko, players like that, and what what Australians can expect to see from them? Yeah, for sure. So we had so basically last year we had uh, a couple of the underage guys. So Dmitry's one of them from New South Wales. We had uh, Riley Langdale from uh, WA, and so they were like uh, in those games where we were, you know which were a bit easier for us and we were able to run away with scores. Those guys were, uh, you know, putting up the numbers and were leading our team in scoring. Uh, so I am expecting a lot more out of them this year uh, when it got super tough. And although people, you know, you might not think, well, you got 17 year old, 19 year old, it actually does make a difference. Um, you know, so, um, so these guys now are in the age group. So I'm definitely expecting uh, a bit out of them. Max, unfortunately, uh, wasn't available for us last year, but uh, seeing him here and jump jump in on the team again, he's he's actually looked really good. Really impressed the coaching staff. So also expecting some some good good numbers out of him. And to be honest, all the guys this year uh, have. We actually didn't take any underagers, um, and we have some good size, and we also selected for guys who just seem to have a bit more of a knack putting the puck in the net um like i say last year we we really took a more well-rounded team this year we're and we ended up struggling scoring in those tough games so this year we may have took some players who who may not have those uh defensive tendencies but we're gonna make sure that we ingrain them in them uh, but we're hoping we got a few more guys with a bit of a scoring touch. So when when the game is on the line and it's a one, you know, we're down a goal, we can just, or it's tied, you know, just those guys can find a way to score. We tried to really look and select a, a bit more that, that way in the forward side of things. With, with last year's tournament, um, Mexico was very vocally supportive of their team and, and, created uh i'm gonna say a hostile environment for, for their opponents um watching the games it, it it seems to have an impact on certainly some of the teams where some of the players um uh, it seemed weren't used to that kind of a, a crowd would you say that 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 it had an effect on on the australian team last year or or is that kind of uh, overstated uh, no, I actually think the boys really enjoyed that because we're, again, we're in the morning pool. And so when you're playing games at nine o'clock in the morning, there's nobody there. <laughs> so it really wasn't until we got into those, that later, you know, the later into the tournament, we started getting the games in the afternoon and, and especially playing Mexico. So for me, it wasn't the, it, it actually wasn't the crowd. The crowd actually, I think, really helped add to the, to the environment. It was more so that, like I say, the early rounds, Teams were trying to trap us. So we hadn't really been placed under that super high pressure, dump and chase, pressure, pressure, pressure type type style uh, game. And even though, like I say, we practiced for it and, you know, we practiced to, to, to combat it. It's just, it's not, it's not the same as when you're actually under proper game pressure. And, and, you know, all these teams, like I say, I mean, we're in division three and uh, you know, you can see Mexico, you know, they went up uh, to, just the way everything worked out, they ended up moving up as as well as um, Taipei. But 
it's not there's not actually a the top three four teams in this division can play up in the next division is very 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 competitive and uh you know in a one one game thing like everybody knows um you know teams can you know teams can just uh try and um you know lift for that occasion and that's basically what mexico did they were able to lift lift for that occasion and like i said for me it was more lack of experience we just didn't have a couple of years building up to it and we just didn't have any of those battle-hardened games we needed before getting there. And and that experience that the players had and can call on, I think that's what's really going to help us when it comes to players being able to manage their gameplay and 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 make those adaptations. So for, for you, for, for the coaching staff, um, what are your uh, expectations for, for the tournament? Well, realistically, um, I mean, we don't, I mean, we're here to win a gold medal. Like that's, let's not beat around the bush. That is the reason that we are here. Um, and so I am a hundred, I'm expecting that all the teams will, uh, give us a bit more of a challenge. Like I say, because they all lack some, some experience. So I'm really, really looking forward to, to having harder games as we lead into lead into the finals. And, um, you know, I got to trust that the boys are well prepared. And this year we will, you know, no matter what the teams do, we will be able to, to, um, you know, we will be able to, to, to just make adjustments and, and combat that. Like I say, last year, those teams tried to trap us and it, you know, wasn't effective and it gave, you know, Mexico coach saw that we you know don't trap them they're gonna you know they're gonna easily beat it and you know he was the one who finally he just had to have a crack and he says look we're gonna go totally opposite we're just gonna dump and chase and and high pressure and so so you know saying talking to teams about it saying you know these teams are good it's a one-off game you know you know we've only had this we're gonna have that um, now that they've experienced it and they know it, like I said, I think just the game management will be much better. I'm hoping that uh, the the rink in, in Istanbul isn't uh, susceptible to uh, some fog. I, I think the the Mexico Arena, a couple of the games, the must have been like 30 odd degrees outside, and the the uh, the ice wasn't wasn't especially coping. But I saw some footage that um, that Jason shared uh, of the rink, and it's a beautiful rink. Um, it's a uh, it. Do, do you want to tell us about the 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 rink at all that that you're you're going to be competing at? Yeah, so the rink itself is um, seats uh, probably seats around three thousand people. Um, it's uh, it, you know it's it's surround seating. It's got uh, you know it's got like uh, private boxes up on the top level. Um, you know, uh, you've probably seen this few clips on on uh, Facebook, I think, uh, of our dressing room. I mean, you know, it's all stalls. There's heaps of room. You know, we don't have to have the manager in the middle of the room, you know, cutting fruit. Well, everybody is like, you know, sitting on top. You know, the manager's got space to do their stuff. We've got space. We've got actually, we've got our own coach's room in the dressing room. So we've got our space. We can sit and, and get organized. Uh, you know, the physio's got space outside the dressing room, put the physio table and all, you know, and, and all that stuff is organized. So, 
So like I say, we can, you can do all those little things that just make it more professional and just help get the mindset right. And, and, you know, when you play in places like this, I think it gives the players that sense of more professionalism just by being there. And, um, and so I think, like I say, everybody's, uh, you know, on board, everybody's bought into everything that we're doing. And, um, and I think everyone's, you know, going to have that mindset where we'll be able to be able to execute it. And like I say, we just got to trust our systems and uh, trust everybody knows their role and um, make it happen. I believe that Riley Tonks was picked in the squad, but actually couldn't make the trip, um, which is a, um, shattering for him. It's his first national call up and he's one of the brighter prospects coming out of Newcastle. Um, has that affected the coaching staff's preparation for the tournament not to not have Riley there? Um, it's made us not really anything to do with our preparation. And first off, I just want to say, yeah, it really is shattering for Riley. Obviously, I was in communication with him. Um, just for anybody who doesn't know, uh, basically, he's playing in Sweden. And uh, he has a visa to stay there. And he's trying to change it to a different visa. And if he left the country, he wouldn't be allowed back in. So he had to make that heartbreaking decision um, because he's obviously there. He's in mid-season. He's got plenty of games left. He's made a commitment with that team. So it was really um, uh, disappointing for him. Um, but when we go into this, it's every year, Some you know, we do have things where players can't make it. So we obviously had some plans for that. Uh, and to be honest with you, we so, you know, this is – so I've, we've done this tournament a few times now at the coaching staff. And, you know, we've we just we've got silver, we've got this bronze. We haven't been able just to crack the gold. So we've, we've you know, we're not just doing the same thing over and over. So we'd, we'd actually already, um, like I said, we looked at what we needed and we felt we needed a bit more of a scoring touch. And as a result, we actually have, uh, in our selection process, we've, we picked 7D anyways. So we went with 7D and 11 forwards. Um, and reason being, um, the last few times we've been away, if you lose a D-man and you go down to five, it sounds easy. Local league, you know, you run 5D, you prefer 5D. 6D is like having four lines of defensemen. So, uh, but it actually, at this level with the 20 minutes and just the intensity, Running 5D for a couple of games in a row really does impact their energy levels. And uh, it does impact what you can do as a coach as well, you know, with, with uh, PK, same guys are PKing and power playing. And so, so we, we decided we'd go with 7D and we looked at, um, you know, defensive defensemen because we want these guys to have that kind of a defensive, that's that we want that to be their intuitive nature. Because like I said, we did, we did go with a little bit more of an offensive forward structure. So we, we went with a more defensive defenseman structure and yeah, so losing him was definitely a loss, but we did have 60, like I say, we can go with, and we also have, you know, Lachlan Sincata was, was ready to go super, super keen. And, you know, it's making phone calls. Like I said, to Lachlan, when he didn't make this, make make the team he's on the squad didn't make the team and then being able to make that call you know unfortunately we did everything we could Riley did everything he could but you know are you ready to go and just that you know he's here he's he's keen and obviously we scouted all these players so 
um, we were able to, you know, fit him in where we think he's going to be used. And, you know, as you know, lines will change and uh, D pairings will change and things will change as, as you got to make those changes. But, but yeah, that's a bit of an insight into how it all works and how unfortunate it was for Riley. Uh, go, going into the last tournament, I remember uh, um, talking with Jason and he mentioned um, uh, a whole uh, list of like performance markers that, that there were for the team. This many shots per period, limit to this many shots against um, like something like four penalty minutes uh, taken per game maximum. Um, you wanted your, your power play to be converting at, uh, I forget whether it was 40 or 50% um, and 100% penalty kill, like uh, really um, good, good objectives. Is is that uh, this the going to be the repeated for, for this year's uh, tournament? Yeah, so we, yeah, so basically we, how, yeah, so how we manage it is that definitely will be brought in as well. So when we start, like I said, we mainly want, we're looking at players' attributes, we're looking at key strategies and tactics. And so although everybody, we do have team systems, we, we, we really emphasize that right now in our, in our preparation, how everybody's personal responsibility, they got to know their role and they got to know and have their personal goals. So every, every player has personal goals that they need to, to uh, obtain and, you know, performance goals and process goals. And so that's where we're at now. Uh, tomorrow, uh, when we have the game, that's when we're going to introduce those. And yeah, and they're basically statistically based. They're not anything out of the ordinary that other teams, you know, wouldn't wouldn't want to achieve. Um, but they just again give us now give us some team performance targets that we can discuss when we you know in between periods and and things like that. But you know, for example, the shots. There's no sense having those shots if we got nobody in front of the net. You know. And when guys are in front of the net, you know, we've got our priorities. It's screen, tip, rebound. So those are the kind of things we're looking at that we got to make those things happen. So, 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 you know, getting 10 shots a period isn't, isn't enough if they're just, you know, dead shots with nobody going to the net. So, so we will definitely have those kind of performance goals. Uh, one that we definitely want to match is we did have 100% PK success last tournament. And so we're going to really hammer that. We definitely want to repeat that. Is there anything anything uh, that fans should be looking for? Uh, you know, perhaps a player to watch or a particular system that that you're going to be um, deploying for for this uh, tournament. Well, um, look, I hope they tune in and watch the games. Um, as far like I say, individual players. I mean, you know, we've mentioned a few, um, but. Honestly, I the way the way I see our team set up this year, um, honestly, anybody could really step up forwards wise. Um, you just never know who's going to be the guy putting the pucks in the nets and, and all that thing. And honestly, I, I I feel that with 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 the lineup that we have this year, um, yeah, with the forwards, you know, they could they they could you know, anyone could really come out of nowhere and step up and, and really produce for us. Um, and like I say, defensively, we're really setting up the defense to really be just solid foundation for us. And it's more, more about them um, giving good, you know, giving good puck exits, zone, you know, 
zone exits so that we can set up our attack. It's more about setting it up uh, from the back end there. And if we do got guys in front of the net and our D are taking, you know, working their shots, you know, you know, you know, we could have a D man end up popping two, three shots in the net. So, so um, really, I'm hoping that what they see is just exciting hockey and and fast hockey. Um, again, lessons learned from last time. We picked a fast team, but as it, you know, when you don't, when, when you're not in those uh, day in, day out playing this way, players will tend to slow down to the opposition. And that's another thing we're working on. We do not want to slow down to the opposition's speed. We want to force them to come up to our speed. But look, it's tough. You know, a couple of those early games, when you're up 10 0, 10 1, it's pretty tough as a coach to be smashing them, you know. <laughs> um, and, you know, you want to respect the other team a little bit too. You know, you, you don't want to run a score up even more. It, it's so, so you know, we, we've discussed it as a coaching staff. We're going to look at maybe, you know, implementing a bit more of these different strategies. Again, focusing on a bit bit more of that and, and, and keep, but keeping the speed up 100%. So hopefully you see a fast team. Fast hockey, uh, you know, um, playing the puck, playing the body, and um, yeah, able to, like I say, adapt quickly, change to whatever the situation is, and um, at the end of the day, we get the wins when they count. Are you still playing, Dave, yourself in WA? So I, I'm just, I have been playing in the local league up until this year. Um, with, do you, do you, with the Thunder getting back into it, uh, obviously I play for social reasons. Um, uh, you know, as it goes, 53 now. I'm definitely getting slower and I get, I can still play, but it, it becomes more frustrating. So, do you, do you ever get the boys in the conference room and, and whip out the video and say, this is how it's done, boys? Watch this and you'll learn a thing or two? <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't, don't do that. Fortunately, so, like I say, so with the team, there's a lot of guys who I've played a lot of years with. So when I first moved here, I played with them. And a lot of the Thunder guys now are the kids that I used to coach. So they're now, you know, playing playing with, with me as well. So, uh, yeah, so they sort of either grew up with me playing and coaching or they played with me for a long time. Uh, this year, though, with the Thunder being coming back on board full time in the league, those guys will go back to Thunder. And unfortunately, like I say, at my age now, the guys that I've been playing with for the last 20 years, they're all going into old timers. So, um, like I say, I'll, I'll, this year I've got some decisions to make on what, what kind of commitment I'm going to make. Or I may end up just doing the old timers on the, you know, on one of the, one of the late nights here in Perth. No, thanks. Thanks so much uh, for for joining us, Dave. Thanks for giving up your time. Uh, I know this is like a there's a uh, uh, Jason sent me the schedule and you had like this tiny little break now be uh, before lunch. Um, so so thank you. Yeah, no uh, worries. And and good luck. Good luck in the, no in the tournament. Um, yeah, thanks. Look, so before I go though, I do want to say uh, goalies, the forgotten members of the team. I, I haven't really just the way things have come out. I haven't really mentioned them. And one of the main reasons is because our goalies, like I say last time, just performed so well. Uh, and this time we have Dylan returning, and uh, now we've got Matus uh, replacing Jeremy, who aged out. So uh, 
for all the people who are goalie fans and 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 love uh, you know that part of the game and that's their that's their position. Uh, look, I'm you know I'm really hoping to see you know our goalies perform as well and um, and uh, yeah they, and come up and make that big save when we need it because like I say if you know if it's all one way traffic it only takes one quick transition you know we've seen it time and time again you can dominate a game goalie hasn't seen much action play goes the other way goal so uh yeah i just want to give the the goalies a shout out that uh look they did great job for us last year and i'm expecting the same this year no brilliant thanks thanks <laughs> that was a good save that was a good save hey? <laughs> but yeah the goalies goalies deserve some love uh often overlooked so yeah thank you but yeah good, good luck in the tournament we um uh, we're we're right behind you. We we have golden hopes. Um, so hopefully in a in, in a, uh, just over a week, um, you know we'll, we'll have some some uh, good good things, good developments. But uh, yeah, really appreciate your time. Yeah, no worries. Thanks a lot for having me, and uh, thanks for your support of yeah Australian hockey. It's fantastic. Good luck, Dave. Yeah, thanks, guys. And that was the under-20 national team men's head coach, Dave Ruck. And we thank Dave for joining us in his very small gap in the schedule uh, because there's a lot of games to be played, a lot of team building, a lot of training to be done. And so we thank Dave for giving us about half hour of his time. Uh, I guess for you, Gordon, what stood out most from that chat? Yeah, there were... Um, I, I think you made a good point that um, the, the team wasn't really tested until until that game against Mexico. They kind of cruised. I think the first game, I don't have it in front of me, but I think that first game against Bosnia and Herzegovina, you know, they they ended up winning twelve to one. Um, they yeah. So they, I've you know, I've got it here. So it was twelve one against uh, Bosnia Herzegovina. Then it was thirteen one over uh, the Republic of South Africa. Then it was 8-1 against Turkey, uh, 5-1 against Kyrgyzstan. And then in the semifinal, it was that very close 3-2 loss to Mexico. Uh, and then the final, uh, of the, I should say the bronze medal game, it was 1-0 over Israel um, to send Australia home with bronze. Yeah, so, so one of the points you made was that uh, they weren't really tested in those first few games. And then as soon as they, you know, that game against Mexico was really the first time that they met a team that didn't try to trap them, uh, you know, play a trap game. And, you know, they um, they struggled. They uh, you, you could see it in the game. You could see kind of the players getting uh, a little bit frustrated that things weren't going their way. And they had opportunities. Like they had, a you know, a penalty shot uh, opportunity in, in that game. Um you know, bounces just went Mexico's way, didn't go Australia's way. But, you know, then they managed to to still, um, you know, that's a, a heck of a job to dust yourself off and to go in the next day and play a tight game against Israel and shut them out for a 1-0 victory. So, you know, I, I think they should still be proud of, of that bronze medal win. Um, I, I think he's right that there's a few teams that on their day can kind of beat anyone in that group so uh it's uh i'm hoping and i i think you know uh from what uh you know coach coach ruck said um that they're hoping that they get tested in that first stage but whether it's bosnia and herzegovina 
whether it's Kyrgyzstan who, who play a really physical uh, and antagonizing game, which will be an interesting one, or New Zealand to re-enter the tournament. So hopefully one of those teams can give them a test before the, the latter stages. Yeah, I I think, well, if, if I pull the schedule back up here, so they start off against Kyrgyzstan, then, then New Zealand uh, makes a return. And I think that might be... I think that might be a challenging game now. Uh, obviously, they're playing them in an exhibition game, and we don't know the result of that one at the time of recording. Um, I think that could be a challenging game. I think it'll be a very good game to watch. Um, then it's Bosnia-Herzegovina, um, and then it's into the knockout stages of the tournament. So... Yeah, I I think I think the game against New Zealand is going to be a good testing, uh, going to be a good testing ground. We, um, I mean, depending on who they draw in the quarters, maybe that could be a testing ground if the New Zealand game turns out to be a walkover. I just, yeah, I I think you just don't want to see a, a repeat of last time around where it's like you get to you said you cruise over everyone, you get to the semifinals, and then it's like, oh crap, we've actually got a game on our hands now and they don't know how to prepare for it. So, yeah, I, I, I'm i going to pick that New Zealand game out as what's going to be the key for Australia going to the gold medal game in this tournament. Yeah, I, th I think that'll be an intriguing one, uh, mainly just from the point of view that we, we haven't really seen New Zealand in international competitions for a while. Um, but so they'll be primed, they'll be ready, they'll be excited to, to get on the to get on the ice and and re-enter competition so yeah I, th I, I mean the trans-tasman rivalry that's always uh you know it both teams get up for for that occasion so um I, i'm expecting uh yeah as a, a good matchup yeah and i think that adds that adds the extra unknown for for not just australia but for all these other teams is that we haven't seen new zealand um obviously because of COVID and how um and everything associated with that, and we understand that New Zealand um was obviously one of the more harsher uh, lockdown countries, which which is yeah, I'm not going to discuss the merits of that. It's not a political podcast, um, you know, but the reality is, it's meant that New Zealand hasn't competed in international competition for quite some time. And so I think that that's going to be the real unknown out of all of this. And I I don't quite want to say that the New Zealand game is going to be a walkover because I don't think it will be. I think it's going to be a very, very tight, very, very hard competition for uh, for both sides. And I just, I just hope that Australia manages to, you know, come out with the win and take that momentum forward uh, going into the latter stages of the tournament. Um, outside of Australia's games, what, um, I guess, what game, what game are you looking uh, most forward to at this tournament? Well, I, I'm interested in seeing uh, Israel. They pushed us pretty hard in, in the, the last year's tournament. And, you know, we're uh, a, gold medal threat um they they ended up you know lo losing i believe to chinese taipei 
So I'm looking forward to seeing um, seeing Israel and also uh, Bulgaria, who I, I haven't seen uh, in, in this in this tournament before. They they uh, en enter this division. Um, so you know those those two teams. Uh, I I think I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on their games. Uh, no no disrespect to you know Turkey and South Africa in the in the other kind of um, you know grouping of teams, but I, I don't. Uh, anticipate them being much of a threat to to Australia. I think Australia should should get over those teams, but yeah, it's just the unknown of Bulgaria and the the quality of of Israel that that I'll be looking at. What what about yourself? So yeah, the more I think about it, I think Israel is probably going to be the biggest test for Australia, and I think that's probably going to be the team to keep an eye on, um, because there is every chance that they'll get. Uh, you know, all it takes is one upset on either side. Um, assuming that assuming that we expect the quarters to play out the way it does, like all it takes is an upset, and there's every chance that um, you know, Australia and Israel face off in a semi-final this time instead of in the bronze medal game. Like, and that's, I mean, that that could very well easily go either way, and then you know you don't get a walkover, and I use that in inverted commas through to the final, and you know, and so I think. It it all comes back to that New Zealand game that that's going to be the key here to to get Australia set up because you'd have to imagine with the way that the other group's going to play out that Australia's that Australia's quarterfinal game is going to basically see a repeat of the Kyrgyzstan game from last year where it's going to be something close to a walkover in the quarters and then you, you get into the tougher opponents in in the semis and in the and in the medal games. I guess for you, who's who do you think is going to be the standout for Australia at this tournament? Uh, I I don't I don't know I don't I don't know about uh, a player per se. I mean, um, you know, there's there's a few ones that um, that and Andrew and and you know Dave and I mentioned in the uh, in the in in the in that in the interview. So you know you've got ones like like Kudelshov, um, who was you know sensational at at last year's tournament. I would I would expect him uh, to to play well again, and you know he's he's got such good speed and hands and finishing. So uh, I I think he's one to watch. But I think really this um, this this team is more of a complete team. So uh, I I I don't know if you if you're going to see you know someone topping. Uh, the the scoring charts with with 10, 10 goals at the end of the tournament I, I i think it's going to be done by committee um so yeah it will be intriguing and it's a bit of a different setup like dave mentioned um that it's you know they they're bringing more defensive defensemen rather than ones that you know come in and, and join the attack their their job is is purely for you know outlet passes um and get out of the zone, get, get it up to the forwards. So it's going to be a little bit of a different different structure. So um, let's let's see how it goes. And the the beauty is because we're playing in the morning in um, in Istanbul time. Um, the two of the uh, Australian teams' first games, two of the three first games are at six p.m. Uh, Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. So that game yeah, against it, New Zealand is unfortunately one a.m. Yeah, it's weird the way that's played out. Like you've got the New Zealand Australia game, which is at one AM in the morning. Um, while the other two games are at six o'clock. Like, surely there could have been something done there to make that 
to make that New Zealand game, that prime time viewing of, you know, six o'clock Australian Eastern Daylight Time, eight PM New Zealand time. Like that that would have been perfect. You could have maximized your viewing audience for what could very well be, you know, of the group stages, at least the game of the tournament. But no, that's got to be the 1 a.m. puck drop. And don't, don't get me wrong, anything that's going to give me, you know, two Australian games at 6 o'clock and, you know, at 6 o'clock in the evening is, you know, is fantastic. But, yeah, it's just it seems very weird of the scheduling for, you know, the ideal viewing game to be, you know, in the middle of the night. But that will do us for our under-20s uh, preview of their World Championships. And uh, much like the Women's Worlds, we'll have a full wrap at the conclusion of that tournament. Um, just a note, we did say that we were going to uh, you know, tweet out the links uh, to the Women's Worlds viewing. And the reason we've chosen not to do that um, is because they are pay-per-view. Um, and venturing somewhere in the twelve fifty to fifteen dollars range to view live um because of the way that the Great Britain um Federation has chosen to broadcast these games and by all accounts absolutely professional broadcast, you know, good commentary and the like, but we chose not to do that because yeah, fifteen dollars per game is a little bit too much. Um oh, and- Imagine if you're a fan of the Great Britain ice hockey team and you've paid 14 quid now to watch your team um, lose in the final minutes of each game. Um, yeah. You know, so I, I, I feel for the, for the, for the fans of the Great Britain team. Um, yeah. It's, it's probably not a, not a, a great investment for your, for your money at, at this stage of the tournament. No, it'd be like watching the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round. Boom. Full circle. We've done it. Um, but no, if, if there are, and we assume there will be, um, you know, a YouTube link or the like available to these, um, to the to the men's worlds, um, under twenties, we will we will tweet those out. I just yeah, as I said, it was just a decision not to, not to tweet out the paid links because it's at, at the end of the day, like to watch all of Australia's five games that that get somewhere in the sixty five to seventy five dollar range. That's a lot of money to watch, you know, to watch five games of a tournament. So. That was the decision that was made. But yes, you can um you can head over to our socials, Twitter and Instagram at Napsticks underscore chill. You can interact with us there. Um, any questions you want us to answer, by all means, send them through. Uh, and we will and we will endeavor to get to them on the show as well with any future guests. Um, but for good uh, but for good and good enough, my name is Stephen Paletti. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next time.